Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Coffee Cup Podcast. Finally, all the boys are back together after a nice little race trip to Europe for Ollie and George. Guys, just first off, how's it feel to be back in the studio? It's pretty nice. I mean, like, just traveling a lot, obviously, you get to enjoy seeing amazing places and being with amazing people, but, you know, there's that saying, nothing's nothing like home, mm-hmm. or home for us, Boulder, Colorado. Really nice to be back and just settled and in your own bed and back to your routine. It's nice. I did feel like something was missing from my life last week. <laughs> I was like, I feel like I haven't, I haven't done something this week <laughs> without the pod. No pod. It's been too long. That is how I feel as well. It is weird how quickly, because we have it such a routine when we're here. And so yeah. last week's episode was the one with Robbie. And I filmed that the week before. So I didn't even like do anything for a whole week for the podcast. And then this week, getting back into it, you're like, it's like getting back on the bike, man. You kind of get to like, I don't know, remember how to do it. But then once you're going, it feels pretty feels pretty standard pretty nice, nice smooth ride but i'm uh, very happy that we're all back here because we say this every time the episodes apart i mean just a necessity and i think i think this time actually they turned out really well but it's never quite as nice as being all here together and today as you guys all know because you pay attention to the sport we have so much to talk about so many great races happened recently from these boys here and from others but first off a little coffee shout out this is a one close to home, Run Brew Coffee. So this is Ben St. Lawrence and Katie, his wife. This is their coffee company. Ben St. Lawrence is, to me, he was a longtime mentor. When I was growing up, he was in the same training squad as me, and he was the Australian record holder in the 10K. So someone who was always, you know, a very big part of my running journey. So um, have a lot of love for them, and they sent this coffee to us. And just for Australia, there is a little... Um, 15% off discount, all caps, Coffee Club 15. Just head to their website, runbrewcoffee.com, and you can check it out, support them. But it's pretty cool to be able to support some fellow runner coffee enthusiasts. And we were looking at them before, and we're like, well, if they're doing it, maybe one day we'll do it for realsies. For realsies. <laughs> for realsies. So uh, thank you very much for sending us these beans. We're very excited to try them. They look, look very tasty. But, yeah, so we have – all these races to get into it is crazy how many races has happened since we last recorded and one thing i don't want to touch on this too much but i don't know if you guys saw this did you notice that we had a bit of an enter the way coffee club curse absolutely yeah I, well, I i saw it in the comments as well yeah, that, that's where i got it from that's that's how i realized the only we did a terrible job at previewing NCAA's but the only things that we really said, I think we said Woodford. Yeah, Caitlin Tui will probably just win everything she does. And I think we maybe said the same about Dylan Jacobs. And unfortunately for them, they just didn't have good days. And I'd open the door for some other uh, athletes. Are we to responsible come for that? Yeah. Are we, are we, we should have known in Austin that like, shit hits the fans. Yeah, Austin, yeah. It's a, the Wild West. Yeah. I, well, I mean, it's a, it's a real thing in many other sports where they'll have like a commentator's curse. Yeah. So I don't know if it's a good thing that we have. How some... did we do indoors? Indoors, cannot remember. Yeah, we I probably did Caitlin Tui again, and she did fine indoors. Yeah, <laughs> but it's just us being lazy, I guess. Yeah, well, not our best work. Not our best work. Um, I mean, shout out to everyone who did do so well. Our home countries represented very well. Yeah, with some big dubs in the mid distance and distance events. Kai Robinson doing the double, and. How do I say her name? Maya? Maya, I think, yeah. Maya Ramsden. <laughs> yeah. Long lost cousin of Matt Ramsden. Surprise winner in the 1500 for the women. So I'm going to have to call out 
her the most American accent I've ever heard. Yeah, I thought she was going to sound like you when I heard her interview and she just sounded very American. Probably a very lovely girl. Yeah, I know. Nothing, nothing against her. But I have, I'm going to... But you're going to hold, hold a grudge if I'm she's gonna, Kiwi. I'm going to hold that against yeah. her. She's got to practice her Kiwi uh, accent otherwise, you know. You wanted to hear that Kiwi accent? It's actually the, the first uh, NCAA uh, title, outdoor title by a New Zealander. All time. Ever. Because I think really. Wow. Um, would only ever won like Nick and I had won indoors and Nick then, didn't even win and Adrian wasn't there Adrian Blinko he was a big big I dog I don't know if he ever won one That's and then crazy. there was a, a maybe or well, there was a hammer throw maybe one outdoors actually oh okay but, but on the track on the track New Zealand would win a track title outdoors That's so legendary very very big and for the she's country. a big old nerd too yeah she goes to harvard <laughs> it's yeah. funny when someone wins it like that and you're like well do you even like care about running <laughs> she was just talking after like about i don't know she's clearly so smart it's like yeah but you went to harvard so you can probably do whatever you want but it's uh it was cool to see just so many good races as always whether it's an upset or whether the favorite wins it into the blaze and yeah especially without austin that added factor of the heat just it's always shakes it up and makes it very exciting so Definitely. it was a great meet to watch. I had a great time, but I was guys being here. I was so overwhelmed. There was just too much track on for me to keep up with. I don't know. You guys were probably a bit more in like a bubble of like just focusing on your own racing, but it was, it was intense. And, um, I think the first one that we'll talk about in terms of recapping is just Oslo. Cause that's the one that's still freshest mm. in our, in our minds and don't even really know how to put into words, I guess. Is it, Potentially the best, like quickest 1500 of all time, or definitely the best since the Monaco one? There's the Monaco one in 2015, where um, that's when Nick Wilkes actually ran the New Zealand record. I think Kiprock won at 26. Yeah. I think it's the most. Was it the most ever, people under 330? Under 330. Pretty sure in I one week, was. there was the deepest 5K of all time and the deepest 1500 of all time yeah. within like five days. What's going on? Honestly, I feel like an intro to the like into talking about Oslo is that um, I have to give credit to whoever I don't know the Diamond League this year has been actually like an outrageous series of meets like every single one has been just lights out and they're all maybe not Rabat so much but I just know Paris and Oslo sold out like a good week before the meet was on Mm -hmm. and they're all just like they're putting on actually a pretty good show at the moment Yeah, well, we didn't even have an opportunity to talk about the Paris Diamond League, which happened the week before, where three world records were broken. So I, I don't know why it is like this. I guess it's just maybe a continuation of people getting better and better. But I think you are seeing the best people in the world racing at all these meets so far. I don't know if it's maybe it is the timing of when Worlds is. So people are more like readily going to do like these bigger races early on rather than just kind of saving up. But I I think it's. Yeah, whatever the reason, there's just so many amazing athletes out there racing and doing amazing things. And so, yeah, it almost like it's crazy to see it actually happen in front of your eyes. But this 1500 like made sense in a way, which is kind of weird to say. But I guess that's how you want it to be. It was anticipated. It yeah, definitely it was. Um, if you looked at the 5K field in Florence, you're anticipating an amazing race with amazing athletes. And then you look at the Oslo, 1500 meters is like some of the top uh runners in the world minus pretty much one guy which was the world champ jake whitecastle wasn't there um you know you had you had jingy you had um the black cat 
Mo, my new name for him is uh, Mo Kikakatir. Um, <laughs> you know, like wait, was, was he the black cat? It, it, they know him as the black cat. Yeah, I've never heard that. Before. He's got nine lives. I like it. <laughs> um, but the black cat was out in force after a great race in Florence. It mm-hmm. was an incredible field, and when you look at the way fifteen hundred meters has been run, particularly in diamond leagues. You had a pretty good inclination. It's going to be quick. Mm-hmm. So it is a fast track. Um, really, the fans in Norway really get behind it. they obviously got, you know, um, national heroes running in it. Carsten Wallholm, uh, Jakob. It was going to be a dynamite race. It's just how good was it going to be, you know? Like, you never know until uh, midday, like, how crazy it will be. And it was just, it lived up to the hype, 100%. 100%. Yeah, I think... Um Post that race and the other amazing 1500s that have been happening, everyone's asking the question, why Why is everyone running so quick in the 1500? And I think we should give our takes on it. But before that, maybe we just do a kind of a deep dive on your experience in the race, like how it played out and like the lead up all that. Because yeah. we, we talked before that you'd been doing amazing training. We knew you were so fit and ready to go. And it was a matter of just going there and doing the work. So Yeah, I, I definitely thought I was in 328 shape um, just off practice um i've been trying to do everything right the little things my diet's a lot like consistently better <laughs> particularly in europe when i don't have the temptations of doordash <laughs> <laughs> when mcdonald's is when mcdonald's is a three-hour journey, yeah. like, train right away <laughs> so um getting good sleep just like we talked about it and morgan i think and george feel the same way same Moritz, particularly when you're in that kind of training block is a very special place just to like zone in on, on what you want to achieve um and for me it was to be competitive and run the best possible race I could at Oslo. Um, leading up to the race, obviously a lot of anticipation, a lot of nerves. Like I got second there last year and it was a big breakout race for me um, to compete at that high standard and also just be as close as you can to one of the best runners in the world uh, with Jingi. And Jingi. Le- leading into it, like the Oslo Diamond League is like the best one, like the food, just the organization. The strawberries. The strawberries, even though Joe and I miss the strawberries. Um, coffee the coffee's amazing there uh it, it's just incredible and it was nice like we had a massive crew of oec athletes going in i don't think as many professional teams have that kind of showing for for diamond league so it was pretty amazing to be a part of getting into the race um pretty nervous uh walking in i, I was very confident in my um training uh i just didn't know like how it was going to play out um i was able to like reflect on the race uh, through the like just going through the airport and just having spare time to go through it which I don't usually reflect on a race but the way that race went down it was just hot from the start trying to get into positioning and it was like oh shit Yarrod's in front of me like the first time I think I've ever seen him kind of like get in front of me usually he's he's behind and he's waiting to, to progress but he was right there from the gun um and then we just kind of just ran through but it was a crazy race because all those athletes are just in such amazing shape and this way more movement than you'd expect when you're running a 3.30 race. Like, Kip Sang was moving up and down. Cherry, I was trying to get around. I'm trying to get around Kip Sang. Um, it was a lot of movement. And that kind of didn't put me up. I wouldn't say it put me up, but it, it gave me a bit of worry. Um, just you, be- you navigated that really well. Like, you had your positioning from the beginning. Did you see they, like, I don't know who, who how they do this, but sometimes after races, people will post exactly the distance that each athlete ran. Have you seen that before? I haven't. It's really cool. Uh, I think the only one who ran exactly 1,500 meters in your race was Andres Almagren. But you were under like 15, like you only ran, I can't remember what it was, but you maybe ran five meters 
more than 1500 meters but yours was like really good some people are like 15 20 tears would have been a lot yeah some people are like he was way up lane two the whole time but you can tell from wow. that like you that you did how do they even do that i have no idea <laughs> i have no idea how they track that yeah that is kind of crazy how they, they, they track that like just that's from, insane from the race yeah maybe it's chat it's probably the ai yeah the AI AI does. <laughs> they're smart yeah. but i didn't mean to interrupt you but just to no, say that no, no. there was a lot going on but yeah positioning i, I you did knew great. that was crucial um there was a point with um, just before that to go where I felt really confident with my ability and I thought I was going to make a move around Yarrow to try and get up to Katir because um, at that point I wanted to be closer and I believed that my strength is a big um, positive for me. And then I hesitated. Your strength is a strength. My strength is a strength. And I hesitated and I didn't, um, didn't move. And I think... That might have been a bad decision. I don't know how the race would play out if I did make that move, but it's a, it's a move that I'm thinking about. I should have taken that chance because now I, you know, I can't I can't go back and rerun that race. But I went through and I felt pretty confident. And then the last hundred meters, um, I just yeah, I couldn't accelerate as well as I thought I would do. Like there was something from Rabat where I really wanted to be able to like go again and, and be strong, and consistent. And when I had people from my left and my right kind of coming past you, you never feel good. <laughs> you never feel amazing in that point but i just try to get to the line and and be as competitive as possible and i honestly didn't realize um i was pretty sure i got the australian record but i didn't realize where i finished Mm -hmm. uh, because it was such a blanket finish um and when i saw that i finished seventh i i'm not gonna lie and i was pretty pissed off and disappointed with my performance because i've had this reputation in myself that Every diamond league I'm going in, I want to be top three. I want to be like competing for the win. And most diamond leagues, I've been fortunate enough to do that. And it's hard to, particularly with the amazing training I've done, everything that's progressed in my year. And like I still ran faster than I have ever. And I so everything's been amazing. Was it's, it was it the area record? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, area right. record as well. Like everything's been going amazing. And I'm, I'm thinking a performance like that, I would be higher up. Yeah. Um and you know that that's just that's just the way the sport is and it, and it humbles you in that in that sort of situation because i definitely thought i was in 328 i thought i could you know run run yuck up to the line and that just wasn't the case i just wasn't there uh whether it was like i needed to move up further positioning or i needed to be stronger at the end and just mentally you know push it through but that's the way it goes and i was trying to hold back that disappointment because my two teammates just run sub 330 for the first time as well um Yara's interesting dilemma with the American record like it came up as an American record which was amazing you know and, Mar- and Mario just like just continually just conti- continually consistently improving yeah. um, and I want to be happy for them and, and they ran amazing but there is disappointment for me because I wanted to be better and but that's great motivation for me right now uh, it's June and we've got two months to Worlds and that's going to be good fire in the belly just to be competitive and get after it um for the next one but it's it's a good race to learn from overall but um yeah i was a bit pissed i wanted to be up there more and be more competitive with with uh, the, the front end boys the kit kat katir and, and jingy but you know that's the way it goes and it was just an amazing event to be a part of yeah i mean yeah. that that like makes complete sense it's such a it's so so weird to like run so quick but then you finished i don't know that's got to be the lower one of your lower diamond league finishes Second lowest ever. which is just crazy to yeah. talk about. and we'll, i think we'll get into like because that kind of leads into the question of like how is everyone running so quick but yeah. but first off a couple of things from what you said well first off <coughs> congratulations because like 329 australian record area record is just mind-blowing that's just like 
yeah just to do it like that as well it's just so amazing and that's gonna probably like live forever and then it's just crazy to think that three teammates ran 329 in the same race i was talking to yara mario and i asked them this question i want to ask you the same or you as well george like what do you think about this do you think that this is like normal now or do you think this is like literally once in a generation type thing because that kind of race to have it, like three or, teammates running oh, three twenty nine, because I don't I don't want to take it for granted. I don't want to take it for granted. I would say that's extremely unusual, and I think it will continue to be unusual. The, the The sport that we're in, there's egos, and there's like you look after yourself. There's selfishness involved, and you want to achieve your own goals. But the chemistry that this team has in training, but being able to like be professional about our training, work together have the camaraderie but then when we get to the line you know we compete against each other there's no friends out there you cross the line and then you're friends again that's a hard thing to to do what whatever team you're in but i think having yarod mario and myself just the journey that they've only been on the team for about a year it's fucking annoying is, how, is, how young they are uh, yeah, as well isn't it's, it <laughs> it's just crazy but the the way that they've handled the training the way that they've handled professional running the way that they've handled just being a teammate being a part of the the group is incredible. Like, mm-hmm. they're just so mature with it. And, and that's why I think those results are showing the way they are, you know. Like, we've been, we'll play Mario Kart in St. Moritz just dicking around and, and having a good time, like, as mates. But then, like, you go to training and, you know, you're professional. Mario has about 1,600 meetings a day to go through, but he's still, you know, he turns up and does his lift, does his training, does his... And he's always there. He's always reliable for, for a good split, for a good rep, you know. Like, it just that environment's always going to, for me, cultivate better performances you bring each other up together and i don't think that's going to be a common thing like i think there's been teams with that type of talent of athletes but to be able to execute that type of result it takes some special um camaraderie and i think that's what we have because like Mm -hmm. that was the one thing like i was really disappointed in my race but i was so happy for both of them and they were very happy for me because a lot of that hard work sometimes when you race it doesn't pay off but having it like pay off with a result like that and you're able to share it with your teammates is nothing better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we need to, I don't know, get a poster or something. We need to do something to, I just think it's like so, I just don't want that to be taken for granted because it's so crazy. I think we'll know if, if it happens again this season. <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> if next year you just go back and... Yeah, if it just happens again, then I guess no poster. It's not, it's not it's, worth it's it. Not, not, if all no. three, you just continue to run 329 every single time. I just run. think that's so special. and Definitely hasn't happened like... Maybe if someone, like, when Bauman's on, would they have three running sub-13 or something? Yeah, like, they could be doing that type of thing. Like, but yeah. even that, like, 329 is... I'm not sure what that converts to for uh, other events, but 329 yeah, is yeah. just... Well, Definitely it hasn't happened in the 15. That was the craziest thing. Is I think my time is, like, top 30 all-time in the 1500. Top 30? I would, I would hope so. <laughs> Such a big number. <laughs> but that, but that's, that's, that's still, so. but that's still, cra- like, that's still yeah. crazy. Yeah. I think, if you think about all the greats that have run sub-330... And that race was I had like eight people run three thirty. It's and true. That was yeah. So true. That's six guys. But three forty seven was like eleven. Is 13, that? Do you think 13. that's better? No, I I think the reason why and I mean more fifteen hundreds are run obviously. Yeah, it more miles are run back then, so I think that's why. Like the mile, it's gotten quicker, but it's there's less miles and less opportunities to run that quickly. Whereas there's so many more fifteen hundreds now than miles, which is why I think the miles. Yeah, and there has like, been for like twenty years. Yeah, and like. Yeah. like the quickest people were I mean, running. Jakob just broke 328. He's the first guy to run sub 28 in 
since was it since, since, Monaco? since Monaco 2015 or whatever I don't know I'm just making that really? up I'm just, I just made that up did you know, is Thierry <laughs> never run 27 20 I think he's run 29 low or 28 high I'm not sure 20 about high that. maybe yeah yeah but it's, it's just it's just crazy and that's the thing now it's gonna be crazy is that a lot of those top end diamond leagues or like world champs for example you're just gonna see a massive fat list of people with sub 330 yeah see I don't know see I still wouldn't take it for granted and this is one thing that I gotta give credit to Jakob for because after the Paris race people were just like oh so you're gonna go break the world record in Oslo and he's like no nah, like 326 is like 326 I need to break my PB first and get that quicker before I think about that and I was like damn that's like pretty mature pretty well. rational yeah. if I had just run 754 for two miles or I think that was what he ran yeah I'd be like yeah I'm gonna go yeah. I'm gonna go run 325 it's crazy how much easier he viewed breaking that world record yeah. compared to running like yeah. that, he i feel like he i think, didn't even think that was a big deal i personally no. think that's Whereas, his best distance personally the, i the think two the mile. two mile 3k best distance for Jakob. i think because he's got the strength he's got the speed combine them together so he yeah he did did you watch the interview with mm-hmm. the citrus mag broskis shout out to him he's doing amazing work yeah well, he, he's crushing it Jakob was just like yeah the 1500 that's gonna be by far the hardest one for me just because and yeah. his rationale was very logical as well it's based on that he comes from a strength background so the speed is like the speed whatever you want to call it is like the hardest part for him so that's the one that has the most uh like the least amount of time and opportunities to get it because he you know you have to be kind of younger as well so it was very mature his response yeah. and at some point for him like he only has to run what 59s to break the water in two miles but he's gonna run like only 59s 50 four high yeah is, is that 325 i don't even know it's <laughs> point is the record but i don't know what point yeah maybe like, so it's maybe like maybe low. maybe 55 point low like that's just physically you have to just be going so much faster but he, the great thing that he does and i don't want to suck him off anymore but the great thing that he does is i think he's great at managing pace like to just progress like well and also he had he had pace making till was it like 1100 mm. or it was i was pretty impressed he went how, really far i was pretty impressed how far the he pace was also ridden <laughs> yeah <laughs> he, he was it got close he was almost getting clipped yeah but i mean great pacemaking with the wave lights and all that they did a really good job so it was yeah that's how you want to run it and 100 pretty special the other thing is the whole american record area record for yeah oh. thing is so confusing yeah because it's just like and i think kyle merva did a good job in his newsletter going through it how it pretty much just comes down to usatf being pretty weird about the like regulations or whatever you want to call it they have for setting an american record they don't have it. So for those who don't know, you like you can only represent one country. That much is obvious. But there's a process if you want to switch country, like representing countries, if you have dual citizen or you change your citizenship. Like you normally have to sit out for, I think it's one year or two years. And so it's really clear like what country you're able to represent at any time. Like everyone's very aware of that. It's a process. And so you would think that if in, when it comes to breaking records, that you can only break the records for the country that you're eligible to represent at, say, the World Champs. But for some reason, USATF doesn't have that as one of their rules, it looks like. So you could break a different country's... You could be representing a different country and still technically break a U.S. record if you have U.S. citizenship at that time. But the thing is, I don't think World Athletics sees it the same. So it's a really weird thing where he maybe has the North American record because that's like a World Athletics record but usatf i guess can choose like their own records yeah 
So Bernard Legat has, it at, three, has it at 327. And the weirdest thing about it was that no one knew Legat was a US citizen. He was he, running for Kenya when he ran that. Yeah, yeah, Kenya, well, he was yeah, running yeah. for Kenya. But I, I mean, I thought the record was 327. So did I, because that's what I looked at. That's, when well, I, that, that's that is what, what it is. That's what it's always been. That, yeah, like, well, they... Yeah, because that's, that's what they had on the list, though. That's what it's been yeah. for then, like but three then hearing, years. Hearing the story about it, it makes it sound like it's. I definitely didn't. Not, I didn't know it was like for... in 2004, in the same year that he represented Kenya. Yeah, at the Olympics. But then the the next year, he represented the US. Uh, the next year, he had to sit out. 2005, he sat out, and then from then, he was representing the US, I believe. But yeah, really, wow. really complicated because this is. Credit to Carl Merba for doing the actual research on this. Yeah. So the U.S. record, so Legat ran three twenty nine something slower than yards when he was representing the U.S. So that mm-hmm. was the U.S. record. Like when he ran that, they said that's the U.S. record, and he broke Sydney Marie's record, I think. Oh yeah. But then in, it was like they retroactively, they like rec- fifteen years later, exactly. They said, "Oh no, they, you can have that." Someone pointed out what their rules actually say in 2017 and 2018 and then they had to go back and say okay well i guess the 1500 meter record is what legat ran back in 2004 maybe they thought they were like ah no one's gonna get it either way <laughs> yeah it's gonna be legats either way so Doesn't we'll matter. just give them 327 <laughs> but you'd think that they would now get on top of that Wait, can i i just want to get, get my phone out because i want to look on wikipedia and see if the yards because i do that that's a with, good source they have like ratification thing yeah. So I just want to see if I guess it still wouldn't be ratified. I don't really know how. Well, it just comes up. It comes like so for me. I looked on the Wikipedia for the list of. Australian but you could records. just go in and change it, it on Stewie Wikipedia McSwain. right now. <laughs> I'm going to change it right now. It has Stuart McSwain who has the record, and then it has my name in blue because it has to be ratified. Um, hmm. Let's just see USA. I just want to know if he gets his bonus or not. He's getting his bonus. Surely. No, he's so. not going to be riding in the streets, bro. <laughs> yeah, people are going to be riding, but. Uh, let's see here okay sorry outdoors 1500 meters they have not changed it it says it's, Legat. Br- it's Bernard Legat 3274 Nike at Zurich 2004 hmm interesting yeah so I guess it's funny that Yard doesn't even know and I don't even know if Yard cares he doesn't like, yeah. <laughs> I mean he probably does care but he's like doesn't want to make he doesn't care about making it a big deal he's like yeah yeah, yeah, not up to me, I guess. Still, you just, you just said it was sitting in drug testing after the uh, the meet, just smashing uh, waters and this like really good orange soda drink they have there in Norway. It's fucking unreal. So, carbonated? No way. Carbonated? He doesn't drink carbonated. No, drinks. I was drinking that. Oh, he was drinking, water. He was drinking water. But he was. We were just waiting, sitting there for drug testing, and um, he just like saying, like I was asking about it because like Ray, our agents were trying to trying to figure out like what to do with with Yard and his record, and and, and Yard just goes. It's just too much work. It's just too confusing. Just like forget it. Yeah. <laughs> what would be the easiest thing is for him to just go around three twenty seven. It's it is that, that would just clear up any a lot. any doubt. Yeah, I, that's what that's what um I think that's what Tatum said to him, and yeah, I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the other cool thing to note this is assuming that um, yeah it does have that record. So you just you just now. You hold all 1,500-mile records outdoor, indoor for Australia. Mm-hmm. Yarrow holds all the U.S. ones except for the outdoor mile. And that's all set in just this year. So, And he's doing one more mile this year, at least, yeah, in at London. London. Yeah. So if he, he's going to be trying to... What's, like, the, just, what's the mile record? 20, 46. 46. Jesus. Sorry. Oh, it's Alan Webb. Yeah. Why would I not think of that? Are Sorry. you sure that's a mile? 
Dunley, Dunley yeah. I thought uh, it was. Dunley, I, I thought it was. The whip, Dunley Whitsides is 59. Oh, is it really? 15? I thought it was a mile. Because it's not that like, like Dunley used to always be the M, I had that name, the M's a oh, or yeah. something. But yeah. now that's like separate. Okay, well, that might change things. Hopefully they just make it one. I, I mean, they can there's, just There's not it. many miles on the Diamond League circuit this year. There's a lot last year. There's a lot last I year. Would, I would not want to go to London really to do it anyway, though, because I feel like the UK ones are sometimes slow. Yeah, depending the on weather. weather and, I mean, depending I mean, on the field. The field probably. I don't think they will want it to be super fast. They'll want it to be like... More tactical. Without Yaku, probably. Yeah. And they will want, like, Jake or Josh to, like win in a big K. Yeah, so because that's why conspiracy. They, that's why they set it up, you know. So we'll see. We'll see what happens there. But they want they want to make a big I mean, show I for the home crowd. I, I don't want that. Yeah, always gonna be the upset the party. I, I wanna upset the party but I also wanna try and break this train record again. You know? <laughs> Just keep milking it. Well I will say the track at London, it's at the track yeah. like the Olympic Stadium, that's one of like the fastest tracks. So you can do good things there. If they really they're saying the that they good. expect that meat to sell out, that yeah. would be isn't that Incredible. a massive stadium? It's like 60, yeah, but they used to 60, sell it out. When it was, because you know, it was called like the anniversary games. I don't know if it's still called that. They would sell it out. I mean, the, I mean UK, was, the UK love their athletics. Coming off, yeah, 2012. Yeah. They just go crazy for it. But so this brings us to the, the question, which has been talked about a lot on Twitter and even among us is why is everyone running so quick in the 1500 this year? I mean, I think my personal my personal opinion is people are just not milking it. They're just gone. They're gone for it. Like, if you look at 1500 meter racing in the past, obviously, yeah, people can say the shoes, um, maybe the style of training with the double, triple, infinite threshold, <laughs> infinite um, threshold. invented by Michael Smith. Um, they can say that's a factor. But I do think, personally, people are just less scared to run fast. I feel like people in the 1500 always, like, if you look at a lot of 1500 meter racing back in the day or, like, you know, five years ago, they're all tactical races. People don't care about running fast in that race. It's about winning it, about kicking it down. And, and most 1500 meter guys thought they had the best kick in the field. Whereas I think it's changed since Matt Centrowitz won Rio in that 350 race for the 1500. I think since then people are looking at it and going, screw that. Like I yeah. can run 331, 332 if I just, and that's probably going to get me away from running away from people. Like they won't be too scared to go, you know? And I think that's helped the mentality of, Runners just be going. Let's go for it. Let's let's go and try and run as hard as we can, as fast as we can. And I think Jakob's a big factor in that too. Everyone's running quicker because of the style he's racing. I don't want to give more the credit. I think Stewie as well. Yeah. The way Stewie and yourself. Um, I mean, Kerr has done the soil record in three thirty one. I've done a lot of races in um, the US when I'm with the team first started, just running three thirty two, three thirty three, just going out with the pacer and running as hard as you can. I think that's starting to catch up with everyone else, and everyone else believes that they can do it. They've been training hard. Um, the shoes hopefully help them recover better. And yeah, I don't think crushing it. I don't think I think it's like unique individuals that make that happen because I think there's still a lot of people in that race that like aren't capable of racing in the style that Yaka races or you race. I think right now there's just a bunch of people who like that's how they see that's how they like to race because Sam Tanner did it at Nice as well. Like that was another there was like three or four crazy 1500s in a week and they seem to all have like one person at least who is like making it quick, making it honest, making it consistent pace for 1,400 meters or 1,500 meters. And it benefits everyone so much. Mm. Mm. It's definitely, you need someone at that level. And it, it does been like in, in some races, it's like Tanner or, or you dragging people to 332, 333. Or if it, like for a long time after Centro won, it was Chariot. It was like the only one. Mm. But at this point, like 
it it it's in the diamond league. It's just it's Jingi every time. Yeah. Because I mean, in Morocco, Jingi runs three thirty three. You guys run three thirty three. He controls Ozo, everything. Yeah. And Oslo runs three twenty seven. You guys run three twenty nine. You know, if he wanted to run three thirty two in Oslo, the field probably would have run three thirty two. Everyone that, is set that up. That is true. Which, which I hope changes. I hope that if he does make that decision to slow it down and there's somebody in the race that goes, you know what, I'm going to take a risk, fuck it, I'm going to go. And it's like, kick out Katir, or it's Yared, or it's me, or it's like, someone just, said that. does yeah. someone just go, like, if, if he slows it down, just go. Just yeah. go and take a risk, you know, like, if he, if he, because he does control the race so much and you understand why because he's just such a, like, he's so good. He's just such a force, you know. But if you just took a risk, how would that play out? You don't know. So, Maybe in the future, if he tries to slow it down or he does something like that, maybe somebody's like, fuck it, I'm going to go. And just because, I mean, we know he can go with it, but he won't be in control. It would yeah. be nice to see. Just try I mean, to get around. He's got two him. more Diamond Leagues before Worlds. Bozan, I think it's like this week. Mm-hmm. And then he's got Poland. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he's racing so much. It's yeah. so good to see. No, yeah. He's. Hate to admit, he's fucking good for the sport at the moment. He's so good. <laughs> oh no, I, I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna hide behind have that. To, he is great for the sport. Have to give him that credit. It, it's yeah, you gotta yeah, you gotta give him the respect yeah. for that. But it's also like the one thing I do love about the 1500 too. No one's scared to race him. Everyone turns up. Everyone wants a shot at him. And I think that is the difference because a few years ago, like people were like, all right, Chariot is just that much better than us. Like they should let him go by like 50 meters. Mm-hmm. At least like. Yeah, now everyone now everyone tries. Yeah, everyone's on the train. Yeah, it's pretty awesome to see. The other, what about Jakob 2.0? So in that Nice race with Santana, he had an 18-year-old sitting on him the whole time until 14, 50, 50 meters to go. And this kid, I think his name is Lars. He's yeah. a Dutch kid. His times, I don't know all his times, but he's 3.32 for the 1,500 and he's 13.23 for the 5K. And he's 18 years old. He's obviously very like well developed. Mm. He looks amazing. That's he looks amazing when he runs. He looked like a little kid though. Yeah, like, I went in the hotel. Yeah, he like didn't look like a twenty five year old <laughs> that happened to be eighteen. Like he looked like a little kid. He, <laughs> didn't, he didn't have any facial hair. Like he looked like super underdeveloped physically. Funny, like, not just a man child. Funny story. He was at Zagreb, the three k that I raced at the end of last season, and in that race he set the under eighteen. I don't know if it was the world or European under 18 3K record, but he was at the after party and he looked so, he was, he was funny. I mean, he was like, you could tell. Was he having a good time? Yeah. But you could tell, <laughs> you could tell how young he was. He was like, yeah, yeah. little dancey dance. I don't know. Did, but, the, did you do the Fortnite dance? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, 332 at 18. It's pretty wild. Yeah. It's incredible. So, I mean, once you're running that quick, it gets a lot harder to continue to get quicker. But I was just thinking about how like for us, like the 1500 meter time that we ran at 18 like when you're 19 you're like yeah i'm gonna run like five seconds quicker you know it's just, it's just normal to like progress like that which Shit. what were we running when we were 18 it doesn't yeah. it doesn't work i like say that. 349 i think yeah. i just broke 350 I, I think i was 345 yeah i was somewhere around and that's like that anything in the 340 sounded really that good. Was, good that, was, that was qualifying for world juniors yeah. and stuff so yeah crazy. well there's the other thing to be qualifying for something i think the other big reason that people are running faster is because world athletics it's just it's come back to the rankings well or the qualifiers yeah i mean i think that definitely plays into it it's true i I agree with that if you didn't have to go i mean yeah and obviously you don't you can get the ranking but people want to just get the time anyway and so 
I think that motivates people. I mean, when it was 3.36, people used to run 3.35. <laughs> All the time. Next year, it's going to be 3.33. I think, yeah, people will just go after it more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. I think you definitely have to acknowledge that. It's just what people are pacing for, trying to get. How much do you guys think the uh, the Morton bicarb is a factor? Because <laughs> some people think it's a really big factor. Well, the, the Europeans are doing it a lot in racing from yeah. from what I know. But, but Yard doesn't. Well, Yard... Yara doesn't do it. I know. Mm. I, it's interesting to think, like, how much would it actually change? Like, would it change a little bit or change a lot? Like, depending on the athlete. It's just... Whenever that's now. a question that I don't know because, like, I don't really have that. Like, I don't know everything about the bicarb yeah. or, like, how it works and functions. But, I mean... Yeah, it doesn't I even use, use, he doesn't even use caffeine. Yeah, it doesn't even do it. Caffeine is, just, water is like water scientifically water. proven to yeah. make you go faster. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, someone's going to give that guy a caffeine pill. <laughs> just, like, don't just, slip him, it. just slip it. In, like, yeah. take this caffeine pill and he'll just run like... Isn't caffeine like 1%? Like, I don't know exactly what the percent is. Again, it's like, it's not that simple ever. But yeah, it just makes you function a it's little just, bit. Yeah, and I, that's the one thing that's interesting though is that I know Jakob uses the bicarb. He's been using it for years. Um, but only recently has that technology been able to like be better to use because more like widely available widely, widely available but it's it just yeah I, I that would be an interesting factor and i feel like maybe we'll find out in the future like how much that did affect yeah. the racing now but right now i'm just gonna play it on just people aren't being they're just going for it they're not mm-hmm. they're not scared they're not mm-hmm. cowards mm-hmm. they're getting yeah. after it yeah so it was so amazing and yeah a slew of amazing 1500 meters for that week so it's going to be very exciting to see how it all plays out for the rest of the season mm-hmm. leading up to the big one. But at that Oslo meet, those are also a ton of, you know, and George, when you said that like every Diamond League has been a banger, it's crazy because every race has been so amazing. And we had Joe Klecker in the 5K, who he did amazing. He came fourth, right? Yeah, he out dipped uh, Luis. Bold of us flag stuff. Bold of wins. Another 12, was it 55 or 56? 56. He's run three sub 13 <laughs> races this season. Pretty crazy. There was that interesting list they had like of Americans that have ever run sub 13 and like the most was like four in like oh, whole man. career. Yeah. And he's three in, <laughs> three in like six months. Yeah. <laughs> I think I remember like it was always a massive thing that Chris Zielinski I think did it like two or three I times did, yeah. in like 2010 and that was like unreal that he did that and now joe's just now grant's only done it three times as well like he's already on that level wow obviously grant has the american record but yeah he's so impressive twice in a week no twice in two weeks twice in two weeks but see joe when i talked to him when we said marantz after florence his body he was like kind of thinking oh my body's gonna be cooked but he actually felt pretty good and the Mm. one thing that i noticed with joe's training is that he's way more like like just aware of where he is body wise and physically like just making sure that he's recovering well doing the sessions to his his like feeling or ability and i've noticed that's a big difference from the last year where last year he was just trying to crush everything this year he's like more aware of it and i think it's actually paying off because mm-hmm. his boy's recovering better and he's going to go out and perform and he's like not scared to race i mean he's cry- like i'm so excited to watch usa's like he he's um He's crushing at the moment. So he's so fit right now. And he's such a good racer. Yeah. He races very, very and he has well. such a good finish. So mm-hmm. shout out to him. But we got to mention the front of that race as well. Freaking, was it Oscar Chalimo? No, no. no. Kiplimo. Kiplimo and uh, Yomov. Kachalga, yeah. I'm pretty sure. They, they said their last 3K was uh, like 720. 
no, no, no. Just under 730, I think. Yeah. I think it was like 728. Because like the pacing <laughs> was really honest. And then they just started running 60s at the time. <laughs> after after 60s. honest pacing to 3K or however far the pace was. Was the pace like 750? Yeah. Maybe, Maybe like 747, I think. But oh. then they like bridged the gap to an, like another set of lights. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, they were on these other set of lights and it just went 60 0, 60 0, 60.0. That like was three in a row. It's like, what are these other lights that they just found? <laughs> that was Kip Lima, right? Just banging them out, just making it so honest. And then Yomif went around and kept it going. And so they were just feeding off each other. And then I'm pretty that sure. That finish was nuts as Wait, well. so who got the win? Because uh, I'm pretty sure he didn't win. <laughs> they gave, they, they like. Posted that gra- graphic, right? And it was like, yeah, based on the picture, I was on Team Kiplimo. It looked like Kiplimo won. <laughs> I don't know. But the, if you see the photo, the funniest thing about that image is the photo of them finishing. Kiplimo is stopping his watch when he's crossing the line. I'm like, did that cost you the win? Probably because you can tell he's like, he's like, you know, it was like full leaning. And then Kiplimo is just like this with the watch. Is that going Stop on Strava? Him. Where's that going? It must I be don't Strava. Know. He's maybe must going, be Strava. going in his PV book, but like he stopped his watch after running doesn't 728 do doesn't trust the, the uh, Doesn't trust the timing. Doesn't trust the timing, yeah. The freaking Omega timing. Dude, that was I respect that's crazy. That. You know, chapter guy uh, wore a watch when he broke like the water. Yeah. Did, did he post it on Strava? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he did. I think he did. Well, he said something funny in it, didn't I he? I don't know. I hope they paid him a lot of money to do that. <laughs> <laughs> you would hope so. But yeah, another amazing 5K friend Joe off the back of the big Florence race. And then... I can't wait for him to um, pull a sneaky one on Reds and scratch the 10K at Worlds. <laughs> <laughs> I think Reds would have a heart attack. Reds would, Reds would die. <laughs> what are you doing, Joe? You're not answering the That's 10K. just me speculating. That's what I would love to see. That would be, um, you know what would be the funniest thing? If Joe did scratch and then Dayton's like, you're not going to do a 10K? I'll do it myself. And then you see like at the line, Joe Klecker and it's just Ritz with a mustache just standing there like that. Oh, that's amazing. Someone has to like make that into like, that's some fan fiction. Fan fiction thing. It's just like Ritz is standing there and he's got like shoulder pads on and a, and a mustache. He's just standing there going. He's on stilts just to yeah. get to the height. Then it looks like Joe Klecker. Wait, that's Dayton Ritzenheim. Literally, Dayton's just standing there. You're not going to run the 10K? I'll do it myself. <laughs> I would love that. And then, then, then Joe gets interviewed after the race. He's like, so you did well in the 10K, but then you just really died after that last lap. What happened? He goes, I didn't run the 10K. It's just Fritz. It'd be amazing. But yeah, oh. he's in such good form leading into USA's, which is only less than, is it three weeks? Two, Maybe two and a half two now. And a half. Yeah, something like that. So coming up, it's coming up quick. So we're very excited to see how that all goes. And then Alicia had another great showing, went to the front, tried to drop down the pace. I mean... Those races are just so stacked. I think she ended up fourth as well. Mm-hmm. So nothing wrong with that. Josette was in the mile. She ran solid. We know like she wasn't as happy with how she did there. But uh, she still put in another really solid race. And she's put in two or three really solid ones. And I think I think we would all say that she still hasn't shown like her top top potential yet. So Yeah. So I think she definitely wanted to see a a one yeah. after the four. Yeah. Mainly. <laughs> yeah. Which yeah, we just know like she can do that when the when uh, she gets it all right on the day. Mm. So another yeah it was probably the biggest squad we've ever had like at a diamond league for a team and an amazing day so shout out credit to everyone it was very cool to watch i'm like i don't know i you know that every time i talk about how i get really nervous watching races now but that one was like kind of just fun i don't know that one i i was like definitely nervous watching it still but it was just it's just been amazing i think after the the paris one like i stopped being nervous and i was just like appreciating this. what were you watching and, yeah. just uh, just appreciating amazing track performances yeah. 
which is yeah they are just very worth tuning into at the moment yep it's like i hope a lot of people are watching yeah get some get some good numbies for the for the diamond league i love watching Carsten run oh yeah we're gonna talk about him such a psycho the The what what? somebody was petition well not petitioning but was saying that Carsten should be dq'd because there's a slow motion of him running around the bend on a hurdle and his back leg doesn't go over the hurdle and his front leg doesn't go over it goes around he's been cheating this whole time there's a slow motion video of it. I gotta see that. Yeah, oh. it was on Twitter. I, di- I didn't say I don't have it on me, but I remember watching. They were we'll saying that, like, oh, he's like running it illegally. Interesting. Which, I mean, he obviously didn't get disqualified, so yeah, technically he's. I have to do my own good, research. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it, was, it, it was interesting watching the video because I, I don't know the rules or regulations for the hurdles, but he is so fun to watch. That was a big comeback race for him, I believe. I think that was his first like hurdles Since of injury. the season, yeah. and he ran the four. I think it was the fourth fastest all time. Hurdles. Did, it was did. it was the fastest. I think it was the Diamond League record. I think it was like the was fastest, the not record. at like World Champs or Olympics or something like that. So he's fit again. He's fit. He's back. Mm-hmm. He's back. So that was yeah, so exciting to watch. And then uh, we had the Diamond League at Oslo, but then George was on his own. Not a side quest. I guess it's your main quest. But you were separate from. Uh, you were kind of doing your own thing. You raced first. I don't know how you want to break this down. You did the Paris five k, which on track nights good to show up and have a have a good time there which i don't know we'll get into that 5k it was crazy and then you went to nice and did a steeple there before you came back so a bit of racing in france huh yeah but but i, I did realize it was just both in france and i've never done a race in france where it's not hot as fucking balls <laughs> it's weird yeah you don't think about france as being like hot but clearly it just doesn't summer. cool down at night ever yeah. <clears throat> just yeah. stays hot you know, I think I think the last episode, I think we previewed the 5K. I think it was before we went there. Mm-hmm. Um, just another very cool uh, showing from on track nights. And then they said the last one in Vienna a few days ago. And I honestly think they all went pretty well. Like the European ones, especially. They definitely were, were onto something like that. They um, decided to like partner with these meets that were mm-hmm. already good and just put more money into just to elevate them to have, because there was like great athletes at all of them. I wonder where they got that idea. Yeah. <laughs> but honestly, I think, like, I hope they can get hold of Zetapik for the end of the year mm. to, to round out the, the five meets of the year. And if they, like, keep doing those every year, they're, they're very, very fun to show up to, especially as a non-athlete. But I think even if you're not a non-athlete and, <clears throat> like, they're obviously still very good meets. The 5K went 13.04 and then that um, Jakob's... Um, enemy. Oh yeah, Sundra. Is it Sundres? What is it? Did I just make that name up? No. no <laughs> it sounds right. It does sound right. Nor Nordas. Nordas. Yes. Yeah. Who the hell is Sundres? <laughs> series of races in like one month. He ran like three thirty-five, three thirty-four, three thirty-two at on track nights, and then three twenty-nine. The ideal in like pro- four weeks in a row. Ideal progression. That was insane. Um, but yeah, did a did a five k with Jonas in Paris, and um. Yeah, we were both uh, pretty disappointed. Yeah. Just to um, not quite be where we wanted to be competing. Well, really just like going in and trying to win that race, you end up running pretty fast. So mm-hmm. that would be nice. But um, I think I think Joe explained, uh, summarized it the best. He just teased me afterwards and he was like, bro, that looked like a cross-country race. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that's what, what I said. Did, yeah. That's it what I insane. said. I, I started on the second row. Yeah. And then Okay, that start was 
I don't know how it was for you being there watching it. The most frustrating thing ever. I don't know why, but they, they had to individually tell yeah. every single person where to it's go. Because they it don't. Like, same in Nice. They don't do hip numbers in France. Oh god, it was so frustrating to watch. So now I'm like, starting, I appreciate hip numbers slightly more. They're very annoying, but <laughs> it saves you like ten minutes. Of the start line. Indiv- like, it didn't even matter. Like, you yeah. just told us to line up. Yeah, just go anywhere. <laughs> it did nothing. Yeah, particularly with that many amount of people. Yeah, how many people? Matter. That was like thirty-five people in that race. I honestly don't the, know. It was like a conference five k. Yeah. And I didn't, I was in lane two for a mile. Not what you want. So not ideal. Speaking of um, like how much distance you actually ran, yeah. <laughs> I'd love to see it on that one. Or an extra K. Yeah. Lane two is seven meters a lap. So it's like Let's 20, not think about 25 it. to Let's 30 meters. That. That's a lot. Um, yeah. Nice. No, shit. I just um, would have been nice to, to be up at the front. Um, you just never... Never really got into, oh, I just like could literally never get to the front of the race. Um, partly like, yeah, the position was obviously difficult in that field, but also like it just, I feel like it felt faster than it was for some reason. Like I remember being like 2K in and thinking like, oh man, I'm like not even breathing right now. Like I felt fit, but just felt so sluggish still. Mm-hmm. Um, like yeah. similar to obviously like LA was, was a bit of a letdown as well. Like, um running's just been feeling pretty average for pretty pretty long amount of time which in the scheme of things like i'm healthy so that's good but um yeah just been training a level like where i've been doing every every workout with joe and and they honestly like just weren't that hard Mm -hmm. when we were back in boulder when was that kind of maybe a month ago like leading up to these races i remember watching those um very impressive and yeah, it just felt like I, I really wasn't working that hard. And, but yeah, I don't know, just spend the next few weeks and, and kind of just in Europe, um, just feeling pretty average yeah. running, unfortunately. Um, and yeah, sick of running 13 teens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> done, it, done it enough times now where, um, where I feel like, yeah, I'm definitely fitter than that. I'm just still running the same. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was it was a fun time. Yeah. So, yeah, and I'm, yeah, who knows? Probably not going to do another five k this season. We'll see, happy to do we'll one. See. Like, it's nice to do one early seasons, mm-hmm. early indoors, and then early outdoors is kind of a nice time for five k's. But um, yeah, and shit, it was probably the most humid race I've ever done. Like everyone, I don't know if you saw any of the interviews yeah, or anything yeah. after the photos. Was very wet. Everyone was drenched. It looked like it after it, yeah, it looked like people had been rained on. Yeah. It was crazy. It was wild. Um, That's tough. And yeah, so then I honestly needed like uh, a break from running, so I took a train to Amsterdam <laughs> and spent the week in Amsterdam with Did my a bunch sister. of mushrooms. Yeah, went to the district. Yeah, just been like. <laughs> Honestly, I don't remember much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> great, though. Yeah. Um, Amsterdam's got it going on. It was a, a nice, like, mental break from running. Um, very cool city, actually. I know I've always been and raved about it. Have you been more? Never. Dude, it's epic, it's actually. Amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Incredible coffees. Mm-hmm. Rented a bike for a few days. So just 
yeah the best the, the massive for me I don't know if you have the same thing but like being able to like have a bike and just get around the city like it's just super it's easy crazy. doesn't it's everyone so just nice. ride a bike there yeah, yeah. Everyone. like no you, one no you one can't discussed. like function in that city without a bike, without a bike. there's more bikes I got there and he was amazing. like go, to, go down the road and rent a bike because <laughs> otherwise you can't do anything yeah. that city. was something very funny what Ollie just said I don't know if you heard that what he said there's more bikes than people there is there's a star, there's a star. <laughs> no, pro- I mean, more bikes than people <laughs> Are they really? Yeah. It's like more sheep than people. Yeah. No, the thing like there's I an mean, actual stat. Like when even, I went to Amsterdam, no, it's just said, it's just funny. Yeah, they, yeah, I went to Amsterdam and they said they said honestly, there's more bikes than people here. So if you took a bike, the percentage of it being somebody's is like even still, Joe, like, not 100. Even Joe did have two bikes each. So <laughs> maybe it adds out. up. It checks out. It makes sense. It's amazing. Um, I would love. It was to also hear. so freaking hot though, yeah. which is why I went. Um, you swimming, went swimming in the canals. Yeah. Which I would never have done. It, it doesn't... When I went there, it didn't look that appealing to swim in. Oh, bro. Much. I was like... I just assumed I was going to come out with like... A third, bunch of diseases. A third arm or something. <laughs> Honestly. But there were like so many people doing it. And we're probably just trying to cool off. If everyone's doing it, then... That's what I thought. <laughs> I was like, oh. Can't be that bad. Like, it's the same with the mushrooms and the red light district. Because everyone's doing it. You know, it's empty day. When in, when in Rome. When in, when in Rome. And uh, as Carlos would say, if I die, I die. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good way to live your life. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so that, so was, that was your prep that was a for few days. That was, your, that was your, yeah, that was some really some really good race prep um, before. Yeah, I kind of decided midweek that may as well still go down there, um, spend a few days in the south of France, and Nice is a nice nice town. It is. Oh, it's very touristy. Yeah, like almost overly so, in my opinion. Yeah, there must have been. Was it just crazy? Like the beach is just packed just with people. Packed. Yeah, yeah. One of those European beaches that like yeah. you can't see the sand. <laughs> so many stones because it's just like umbrellas like the whole way down. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it took a few dips and very clear. That water, clean water. I think which was a nice change from Amsterdam. I think that water is like the most yeah. restorative thing. The water, like insane. that nice Mediterranean salt water. Very salty. Yeah, the mid is like crazy salty. Yeah, um, it's cool that you just yeah. float. Hung out with Tanner for a few days after he... Um, I haven't even talked about yeah, that. Yeah, unfortunately didn't get into Oslo, which yeah. is just unbelievable because he was ranked 11th in the world. Leading up to the race. Guy too. Most exciting man in track and field. Yeah, and energetic had, man in track and field. <laughs> yeah. So energetic, that guy. Could run and through a brick wall any day of the week. Had like a great indoor season. Mm-hmm. Not like he hadn't been running well. Ran 351. Yeah. He's also a Kiwi. Like he's not like... Yeah, that's actually a good meet like, for Kiwis. Like yeah. John Walker's historic. Uh, historic mate for a lot of Kiwis. That's where John Walker and Nick Willis have both run three forty nine. Yep. Um, Dream Mile, dude. Everyone, <coughs> everyone's top. The top milers ever. Most of the top rate races are in in Oslo on the Dream Mile. It's just crazy. Mm-hmm. But he made up for it by, as we mentioned, pacing mm-hmm. fourteen hundred and fifty meters of the the Nice fifteen hundred, and then he decided to finish it. Yeah, and then, <laughs> and then he just jogged it in. Jogged it in. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Without lights too, yeah, unfortunately. Don't want to cuss out. Uh, <laughs> uh, Monaco meet director also does the meet for Nice, and yeah. I think he just like brought the lights down for Monaco, and then they just didn't turn on. <laughs> they didn't work. <laughs> didn't work. Oh no, that's I'm a ra- shame. I'm, I'm pretty much. I've got a good record for going to steeples where the lights don't work. <laughs> that's not the record that you want to have. Already the the second one where they just don't turn on. Steeple man figure that out um but yeah i was also on like a big break from uh steeple stuff after la me 
where I felt like shit afterwards, like my body and my ankles and everything. So I was pretty anti-steeple. So I hadn't done a single hurdle or hurdle drill or <laughs> anything related to the steeple between LA and the three weeks until I did pre-meet like nine o'clock at night or so because my bag didn't make it to meet. Damn. That was slightly stressful. Mm-hmm. Cause I, and I didn't do did, the did thing that, dude, no, fuck no. <laughs> the thing that they always tell you to do. Uh, yeah. But probably should. Yeah. Kids, pack your spikes. Pack your spikes, kids. They always told you that in college. I just never did. It was so, well, so annoying. Emma Coburn had a, a situation in Doha where her bag didn't come. No, she had a carry-on. She had to check it. Didn't come with the plane. So she didn't have a racing kit or spikes. And then New Balance had to like go and give her a kit. Like get there and give her a kit. So like she wouldn't have been able to race or she would have had to like borrow somebody else's kit that could have been a competing yeah, brand. Yeah, there's definitely raced a, in, uh, a tennis. Should have raced in tennis New Zealand kit he had. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, that, you probably could have got away with that if you didn't have just a kit. The, just put an on logo sticker just, like, on, stick on it. Just yeah. the, the logo. That would have been more kosher than most other options. Oh, 100%. So. 100%. <laughs> but, now that I think about it. Um, but it did show up, luckily, day four. So I did some hurdles the night before, quite late. Actually, and they felt pretty good too. Mm-hmm like riding a bike apparently yeah. yeah so that was fun um and then yeah jumped in got on got on actually like a hotter pace than the last couple definitely the fastest we've gone out we were kind of we were like actually right on 66s because i remember hearing like 424 at a mile um yeah the pacing was good i'm always every time i watch a steeper i always don't really know like like you know the lap splits are like off it's weird but Mm -hmm. i could tell like it was on yeah it definitely was and then um yeah needed probably needed the lights from like in those couple of laps where it's hard to tell in the steeple too if you slow down because like it's hard to feel out the pace when you're also just like jumping shit and doing yeah the rhythm's like already getting like broken up Mm -hmm. yeah so you can't really like you can lose two seconds pretty easily mm-hmm. without realizing. You really just gotta like be pushing kind of like the whole time. Yeah. Um, but ran eight seventeen, which second fastest Kiwi all the time. I think I already was though. I think oh, there's quite a big oh, gap. God damn it. Yeah, and again, like still it's, in the t- it's getting frustrating. How many? Well, see how many events I can be number two all the time. Yeah, Currently, have number one by the end. The indoor mile. 5k and now the steeple is second in new zealand all the time damn it's, it's a bit fucking annoying hey, if you keep if you keep at it keep at it george yeah, exactly you'll get it. yeah and a17 is no joke especially no joke. especially with the steeple this year i don't know if you would feel the same way but i mean obviously someone is running 750 was it 752 yeah. <laughs> goma and but apart from like behind him it's like not as it's not like the deepest it's i mean so if you're no. if you're running in the teens like the guy that came second to him ran 809. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they were far back. There's a bunch of people between like 809 and like 815. Yeah. Well, actually, there's not. There's like, there's like 15 people. <laughs> but, a lot. but you're like right there, so. Yeah. It was sort of like no one's run the standard outside of Paris Diamond League and Rabat Diamond League. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a thing where, yeah, if you, if you want to go run 810, you kind of got to be in one of those ones. Mm-hmm. The big dog races, yeah. Mm-hmm. Big dog races. Yeah. Let's say, did you feel better in that race or was it kind of similar? Um, I think I was just trying not to, yeah, trying not to think about it. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, I, I felt decent, honestly. Mm-hmm. The water jump was way better than that crazy one in LA where it was like two steps off the end of the uh, straight. It was like a nice 
smooth run up where you could like get a good view of it i think that made a big difference mm-hmm. um yeah i definitely want to like if i'm gonna keep doing it which i probably am to be honest um i need to do some like 200s or something with like a water jump and practice like freaking sprinting at the end it's really hard yeah it looks very hard if i feel like in, i'm not an expert in steeple chase at all but i feel like watching it you can gain and lose a lot of yeah. seconds in that last because i don't think like that many people are good at crushing the last 200 so if you could like be Dude. able to close in like 27 or 28 somehow but yeah. over the barriers like i feel like you could gain so many places in rabat like el bacali like stuffed up his last 200 meters and he like this yeah, because he like, realized that he lost lost the seconds to like try and get the world record. So like, that probably something to that, George. What was the name of the Kenyan that won the race? Capruto. Is Capruto Olympic? Is he champ. coming back from like an injury or something? I think he's coming back from just being super unfit. <laughs> yeah, I forgot. He did his in uh, Rabat. Oh, okay. Yeah. His steeple form, his like hurdle form is it's pretty, pretty bad. It's it's but the thing is. I mean, it, he's it probably made it efficient. Yeah, it looks. Point. It actually is incredibly efficient. Like he doesn't lose time doing it, but it's just so different from like what you would learn in like a tech. Like he just puts both legs to one side and he doesn't touch the barrier on the water jump. Any I noticed any that. of them running behind him. I was like, he's literally just jumping it. He just sends it. Like he just really attacks them. Yeah, which, so impressive. Yeah, is so impressive to see. So yeah, it was. Um, it's crazy, but I mean, you closed really well, and um, I think he medaled in Eugene actually. Yeah, I think he was third. I thought he was like super legit, but I wasn't sure exactly, like, because he looked very familiar to me. Yeah, bunch but, of medals, but I think he's just been unfit. So, oh, okay, that makes um, sense. Well, yeah, then I came home. Yeah, it was that's, a, that's, that was a wrap, I think. That's so, a wrap. Overall, a bit of a frustrating um, Europe trip, mm-hmm. but not totally without loss. That, that steeple was still worthwhile for mm-hmm. especially for replacing my uh mount sack relays Your mount sack like one, yeah. relays yeah. Um, ranking mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. i think i'm like 25th in the world in the steeple it's not bad at not all bad at all it's take that. um but yeah like i always said um talking of like last year and in, in oslo kind of being a breakout race and then three breaking 330 is always going to be a breakthrough race kind of at the point where a, 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 a nice breakthrough would be nice yeah just keep out i'm sure uh yeah I it feels like it's been a long just time keep, mm-hmm. you just gotta keep turning up man that's the one thing i know and, like, and that's a weird thing in, yeah. having breakthroughs is a weird thing in in running because it's like often on the outside from the outside it does look like a, a big breakthrough when someone does something crazy but often running, like, it's really not a breakthrough because no, it's something never, that's I mean, been... No, I mean, it never is. It's, it's been, building. been building for so long and training and everything, but it always is from the outside. Yeah. Um, well, it'll probably happen even so, when, you, when you least expect it. Um, or champs. I don't know if that's true, world but champs. I just feel like that's that's when it happens. Being like, Paul Beamish going around, Gurma world champs. When when you... what's the, I'm trying to be, like, super zen right now. Like, when you let go of chasing, then you'll get everything you'll find what you're looking for i don't know what i'm trying to say but yeah i think i agree with ollie it's just at this point if you're doing everything you can you're doing everything right it is just about turning up and continuing to um put your best foot forward and it'll come and put the fear of god in them 100%. 100%. as richard say just tighten the squirrels so i think you're doing everything right and um oh yeah also just shout out to uh Jonas for he had a, for his one he's raced at the paris track nights 
Did what did he run? Thirteen. Thirteen, I think. Yeah. One second in front of me. Yeah, which was pretty good for him. He's racing again in like two weeks, and then Sinta had a very solid mile there as well. So good showing for the team there. She was how close was she to the like really close to time record, right? She was pretty close. It was like twenty three, and she was one or two seconds, I think. Yeah, she's like right there. She, I think she just doesn't want to hit all her bonuses too quickly, yeah, you know? You need, you, gotta, you need to pace them out. Yeah. Just for tax reasons. Yeah, yeah. just pace them out. She, she doesn't. <laughs> you just got to spread it out. out. But, uh, yeah, it was, yeah, being back here watching all these races, I'm always feeling a little bit left out, a little bit jealous. But at the end of the day, it's uh, so amazing to see. And just it just makes you feel good to see your teammates crushing it. And, uh, yeah, it just makes me happy. So congrats to you guys. Congrats to the rest of the team as well. Uh, is there anything else today? I think we I think we've kind of covered it all. Some amazing races. And um, yeah, I think that's it for today. Thank you everyone for listening. This is episode 91. We'll see you guys all next week.